Welcome, welcome, boys, to the Snake Pit. <clears throat> I've got my Guinness. I got my Shamrock Shake in preparation for the St. Patrick's Day celebration. And, you know, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, I know what everyone's thinking about. It's the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview by Oprah last weekend. Yep, those what wear orange on St. Patrick's Day. What do you guys think about uh, what uh, the royal family? Um, you know, they couldn't possibly be be racist against any other people, right? They're a bunch of inbred diddlers and pedophiles. Yes. You know, I, I have to bring this up because this is relevant to to the Buffalo people. We brought it up before. I think everyone around town's talking about it. We're fifteen minute drive away from a Commonwealth, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I I, I will say. I think Prince Harry, he's sticking it to the to the man, and uh, I'm I'm Team uh, Meghan and Harry. Okay, I'm Team Diana. Yeah, the Irish were right all along. Yeah. And welcome back to the square. And much like St. Patrick drove all the snakes out of Ireland, we are we're driving all the snakes out in New York State politics, Jim. I don't know about you, but I, I'm just spending Wait this a week, second. Wait a second. I'm spending this week dragging all my garbage onto Delaware Avenue and dumping on the street because those guys need something to do. And that's what St. Patrick's Day is usually for. What do you mean driving all the snakes out? I said what I said. I, he grabbed his staff and he hit it in the ground and then all the. I take not you. You you're the only snake that he likes. Oh sure, he likes you. Right. But but while Irish eyes may be smiling, although not as much as usual, Jim, like you mentioned, we're not we're not down on Delaware Ave. There's no parade. There's no float. It's Sunday. Normally this would be the day. This this would be the day. This would be the yesterday would have been the first ward. Today would have been the day of the Delaware parade, and people would have been abandoning their children on top of garbage cans, the corner of Allen and, and Delaware. And I, I've seen some things in that party. I've seen some things. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to go into it. Should we go into it on this podcast? Look Ooh. at things I've seen. Ooh, we'll save that for I, a special I'm, episode. Okay. I mean, right. I, I will say that I, I was surprised to find out that there was no open container law in the city of Buffalo after being <laughs> at St. Patrick's Day several years in a row. Just that day only. Yeah. But but there will be a uh, St. Patrick's Day later in the year, right? Like a fake St. Patrick's Day that they're planning on celebrating? Mm-hmm. Because, you know... We, we can't let this go by two years in a row. We cannot have two years where people are not puking up green and, you know, violently fighting in the streets. Uh, you know, Buffalo needs this. The garbage men need this, Jim. The garbage men, the sanitation workers, the sanitation department, Mickey Kern's old running buddies <laughs> need this job. Yes, they do. But again, we'll celebrate when we can do it safely when we can get all vaccinated. We don't have it on our big board, Jim, but real quick, how are we looking on the vaccination front? I mean, uh, I mean, it seems like it's getting easier to get vaccinated. Uh, Biden said that by May 1st, all states have to be offering it to all adults. He had, he had his promise of 100 days, right? And yeah. 100,000 shots. And any, now they, they beat that by, by half, right? 50 yeah. days. So like I said, May 1st, it's all adults in all states will be eligible for vaccinations. Um I made my appointment this week. 
so I can get my first shot. Or maybe I'll just get one shot. I don't. It doesn't say whether I'm getting Johnson and Johnson or Pfizer or Moderna. Um, but uh, my mother got her uh, first shot today. My father's all shot up. He's shots, 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 <laughs> yeah. shots, 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 shots. Uh, people in my family, the older people, they're getting they're getting their vaccines. Yeah. Well, are I, you are you done, Ray, or do you have to go back to? Syracuse? I have to go back to Syracuse this week mm-hmm. for the second round. Mm-hmm. So it's I, worth it. It's worth it, you know, get to hang out in lovely downtown Syracuse. Make a weekend out of it, Ray. Well, it's on a Tuesday, right? Oh. So I'll make, make a Tuesday out of it. <laughs> I'm going to make a Tuesday out of it. Yeah, yeah. But but that's very that's very exciting. That's very inspiring. We're, we're moving forward. We're progressing somewhere. Um, please, this is a PSA. Keep your social distancing. Do all the stuff still. We're not entirely out of the woods. We're getting closer, but don't, you know what? It would really suck to get COVID now. Mm-hmm. I think this would be like the shittiest time to get COVID right before everybody is about to be eligible for vaccines. We're at the last quarter mile, folks. Just keep trucking to the finish yeah. line. Just do it. Just do it. We're, we're almost going to be out in the cookout. July 4th is what uh, President Biden said. So mm-hmm. be smart about it. But you know who hasn't been smart about anything? I still haven't gotten Joe Biden's cookout invitation. Did you guys get get it? Yeah, it's at uh, change.org. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got it. Yep. Okay. This is awkward now. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know who... You know uh, It's, it's going to be extra dogs. Bring all the dogs. <laughs> Bring all the dogs. <laughs> oh, well, you know who hasn't been smart about it, guys? And, and really hasn't been smart about much of anything. And who is, uh, I don't know, having the world collapse around his ears. Is it, is it our erstwhile governor? Oh. <sighs> Man, it's getting, you know, we talk about the governor and I know we're, we're not CNN, we're not MSNBC, we're just some guys, but we keep it real, all right? We, we give it to you straight because we really have no skin in the game, you know, I don't know, he's just some guy to us, he's not, we don't rely on him in any way, shape, or form, so we can tell you when we think this guy's cooked, he's cooked. I think he's cooked, I think he's done. Stick a fork in him. I, th- I mean, I don't know that he's going to resign. Maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I don't. I don't know if he's going to resign. But dude can't run for governor next year. He can't get that fourth term that he wanted to get, so he could pe- have more terms than his father. So there has been a sixth accuser now that has come forward talking about uh, Cuomo's impropriety, shall we say? The accusations are mounting up, and to his. His part here, Andrew Cuomo says he is a, quote, victim of cancel culture, Jim. Yeah. Uh, sorry that we're canceling your sexually aggressive uh, and boorish behavior. Sorry that that's being canceled. I think it's about time we start canceling bad things, don't you guys? Look, if they're gonna, if ABC is gonna take the show Dinosaurs away from me, we can take Andrew Cuomo away from. Them. Oh, I love dinosaurs. Right, it's yeah. gonna be on Disney Plus. So right, yeah, not the mama, not the mama, but the Bachelor. That's a big deal. That's a cancel cancel culture casualty, mm. uh, probably. <laughs> well, it's just amazing to me. This guy sounds entirely indistinguishable from a Republican. Where you know he does a bad thing, and it's oh the cancel culture mob is coming after me. Well, and his defense is that he did it. I, I just didn't mean for hey, it to hey, be bad. Hey, what's the big deal? 
his his defense is Forget essentially for all these. Yes, that happened. I just didn't mean for it to be a big deal. Isn't that what his def- his essentially his defense is? Pretty much, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I who wouldn't say that when they got caught doing something wrong? Well, I, I, I didn't mean for it to be such a big deal. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's truly an incredible, just completely, like unabashedly, you know, no shame, no no sense of like. Just to get into the head of Andrew Cuomo, this guy who was born on third base and you know thinks he hit a triple in life, and pretty much no real allies, nobody who actually likes him, you know certainly not for his sparkling personality. Um, everything about his administration has been built on a foundation of fear and intimidation, and he's leveraged his power for so long that. You know what? Once there's a little crack in it, everybody's abandoning ship because nobody likes him. Right. I mean, it it's eerily reminiscent of Spitzer, where Spitzer beat the shit out of people on his way up to the governor's office, and as soon as there was a chance to turn on him, people couldn't wait. What's crazy to me is that Republicans don't do this because Trump was a piece of shit to all of them, and they had four years' worth of opportunity to turn on him. And yet Ted Cruz is still defend the son of a bitch. And this guy called his, and he called his wife ugly. I don't know whether that's a strength or a weakness. I really don't. It's, it's, it's definitely a weakness as far as I'm concerned that the Republicans are just, they're so willing. They're, they're so into winning at any cost that they have absolutely no individual scruples or, or principles. Their only principle is winning. And the only reason why they want to win is so they can make abortion illegal and keep poor people poor. Yeah, seems that way, doesn't it? And cut taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's helping keep poor people poor. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, look, I mean, forget about, and I don't want to say forget about the accusations of sexual impropriety, but just set those aside for a second. It has been entirely clear that... Andrew Cuomo and his administration completely botched many, many important aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic and handling. And I think that it doesn't necessarily get lost. That's not the word I want to use, but it definitely has been obscured. Yeah, it's, it's definitely being overshadowed by the the sexual uh, harassment and uh, misconduct claims. And, I mean, he he specifically had political appointees rewriting reports to understate the number of deaths in nursing homes. I mean, that's the kind of shit they were doing in Florida and people are, were calling for Ron DeSantis's head and rightly so. I mean, I'm not surprised people are calling for Cuomo's head and you've got, there was what 55 democratic lawmakers from between the assembly and the Senate who called for his resignation this week. Um, Ron Kim was on there he has called for his impeachment, and I think we're getting closer to more people calling for his impeachment. Well, I, I mean, and that's really when the rubber hits the road. For sure. So our very own Pat Burke um, was one of the assembly members who called for uh, Cuomo to resign. Um, also, we have 
congressional leaders and, and a senator, Chuck Schumer, calling for Cuomo to resign. Our own Brian Higgins and downstate Jerry Nadler. I believe AOC also called for Cuomo to resign. So we have like pretty much the Democrat, like honestly, almost all of the Democratic Party. Not quite all, though. We'll talk about that in a second. But pretty much all of the Democratic establishment in New York State saying, hey, this guy's got to go. What drives me nuts, and I wonder what they're thinking, is the other local Dems in the state legislature who didn't call for his resignation. I'm thinking specifically of, like, Monica Wallace and Karen McMahon. Now, Karen McMahon's on the Judiciary Committee, and so is Monica Wallace. So they'll be tasked with overseeing the independent investigation into Cuomo. And so maybe they thought there would be some sort of conflict of interest that they might have to recuse themselves if they called for his resignation before they got the independent investigation. But if that's the case, they should have been out there saying that as opposed to fucking radio silence. I mean, I can't imagine that Cuomo is popular in either of their districts. And I can't imagine that being the the two strong female leaders that they are, that they condone his actions. So what they're waiting for, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I also I also wonder where where's Sean Ryan on this? Didn't he, didn't he put out a statement about the investigation? He put out a statement out about the investigation that he's he's relying on the investigation, um, similar to Crystal People Stokes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and at this point, where we get little peeks into the world of Andrew Cuomo. Like this guy to me just feels like a completely broken man. Oh yes. Did you guys see that amazing picture of him walking around the grounds of the governor's mansion? Yes. Wearing it, a blanket and holding his right. little can of something. Can, can of something. It's gotta be something hard, right? It's, it's definitely some sort of malt beverage. Mm-hmm. Now that's the only, it's the only time I felt relatable to Andrew Cuomo. Is, is being in the shit in my dark place. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, he's covered in a blanket, cell phone to ear, malt beverage in hand. Yeah. Uh, you know what he reminded me of in that picture with the, the phone to his hand walking around outside? Former Congressman Chris Collins. Oh, yes. Uh, I, it, if only Chris Collins had also had a blanket around him when he was doing that. Beware the Ides of March. Yeah, it's fallen around it's fallen down around his ears like we said. But the big question and I I don't know where I land on this if if he will, but will he resign? I don't think he will. I think he's learned some of the lessons that of like let's like I think about like Ralph Northrum in Virginia, right? There were lots of calls for him to resign. And he didn't. And it's, people aren't still calling for him to resign. They kind of they just kind of fell away, right? Well, and not only that, but he's also gone on to sign a whole bunch of like progressive to to leftist uh, legislation. In the yeah. Law. How, how much? How much of these is this a lesson learned from like Al Franken? I mean, I think there's there's some of that. I think that's I think one of the people who learned a lesson from Al Franken is our Senator Gillibrand, who was quick to call Al Franken to resign. And really has dragged her feet on this Cuomo issue. I just want to explore that for a second, because what did we actually lose by losing Al Franken? He was replaced by someone of the same party, right? Yeah. And um, 
I mean, his celebrity status, what did we actually lose by replacing Al Franken for being kind of a, a shitbag earlier on in his career? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why, why are so many people uh, so upset about, you know, having lost this this great man in the, in the Senate? I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It, it kind of all worked out in the end. Yeah. Only thing we lost is that celebrity status as far as I can see. No, for sure. And, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I don't think you should have a senator who has all these accusations of, like, groping women. I don't think you should have a governor who certainly has all these accusations of groping no. women. I don't think you should have a governor who put a bunch of COVID patients in nursing homes, effectively creating a death sentence for, you know, how many fucking grandmothers and grandfathers um, and then hid all that information because he didn't want it to blow up in his face. But at least he got that book deal out of this. <laughs> I throw, throw it in the bonfire this summer. Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. What good are they? Well, I, Cuomo says he plans on running in 2022. For what? For dog catcher? <laughs> how do you look? How do you look worse than the roost guy? How does Andrew Cuomo have a worse? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, he has no fucking odd. Ah, don't self regard. He does have a huge war chest. He's got, I think, like seventeen million dollars in his campaign account or something like that. Something crazy. That buys a lot of votes. What's going to be interesting is if if he does run, and say somebody like Jermaine Williams runs, right? And let's say Cynthia Nixon runs it back, right? Then. That leaves a door for somebody upstate to run on the, in the Democratic primary, let downstate split it, and then you could have an upstate Democratic governor. Well, I'd, I'd like to invite all three of those potential gubernatorial candidates to our podcast. For Cuomo? Yeah, yes. Cuomo. Governor Cynthia Cuomo, you're welcome Cuomo, to explain yourself. Governor Cuomo is he, and, he's and definitely welcome. He has to have a malt beverage at the time. <laughs> Oh, that's a standard. Everyone on this show. In solidarity, we will also be wearing blankets and drinking malt beverages with you, Governor. Yeah, I've got my I've got my uh, grandma made Afghan right here. Mm-hmm. If he needs one, I'll put my hand on the small of somebody's back. <laughs> and I'm gonna I, and I will volunteer to, you know, do what I have to do at a nursing home. I, right. Th- that is the way. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Well, there's there's certainly some tremors shall we say, of the uh, Cuomo earthquake, Jim, coming down our way. And I would say that there is somebody here in our fair city who might potentially really be feeling maybe some, I don't know, some aftershocks, if I'm going to keep my metaphor going here, of this Cuomo thing. How about this mayor's race? How is this going to impact us? I mean, there's plenty of pictures out there of the mayor with the governor. So if you're India Walton and you want to say Byron and the governor are two peas in a pod and the governor sucks. So what does that mean? Byron me is or about him. What's that say about him? Well, I mean, it's not hard to find pictures of him. I mean, Byron was state Democratic chair. Appointed by Andrew Cuomo. Appointed by Andrew Cuomo. Um, he 
has been very close to the governor for a long time. Uh, it, it remains to be seen to me now, and I understand right now is petition process time. So if you're the India Walton campaign and you're a new campaign, you're a new infrastructure, and you're doing petitions for the first time, you're all, 100% of your effort is, is on petitions because it is petition time. I know that I got an email about letting the local Democrats in, in Lancaster know when I'm available for them to stop at my house so they can sign petitions for me. Friend of the pod, my mom is on petitions this year. Uh, she is running for her fourth term as library trustee in the town of Lancaster. It's an unpaid position. It's a six-year term, so she's going wow. for her fourth term. Wow. So eat that, Cuomo. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to say that Mayor Brian might be on an island. Mayor Brian. Did I say Brian? You said Brian. You said Brian. Cut. <laughs> it's like that meme page. Brian. Mayor Byron might be on an island. Brian Brown, your mayor. Mm-hmm. That guy was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's he, it, he's in a he's in an unenviable position of he hasn't come out to criticize the governor yet, to my knowledge. Maybe he has. Maybe maybe I missed it. I tend to pay attention pretty well, but maybe I I, I missed it. Um, he he's got to come out forcefully against the governor, or be tied to the governor, and you would think. You know, we talked about this when we had some of them in Burke on the show a couple weeks ago that, like, don't like checking boxes. But sometimes it, it works a little bit. It means something. Byron running against a female candidate means he's likely to lose female votes that would be undecided because they'll go with a female candidate. If she is able to successfully tie him to Andrew Cuomo, he loses more female votes than he normally would. It's so the question to me is does India have the wherewithal and the stomach to attack Byron on this axis? Well, let me let me fill you in what Byron Brown has said. Um so as recently as uh, yesterday, which again we're recording on Sunday, this is to be Saturday. Um WIVB.com reports Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown spoke publicly about the sexual harassment allegations surrounding Andrew Cuomo um, on Saturday. Quote, well, I've already said that any allegation of sexual harassment must be taken seriously. Uh, Mayor Brown said, I'm calling for a thorough and complete investigation, and that's what the attorney general is doing. Um, so he's in the investigation camp, mm. which at this point considering that we've had Chuck Schumer and Brian Higgins say he's got to go. This is like, in, honestly, anybody who's saying investigation is pretty much showing their hand that they are tied to Andrew Cuomo. Or, or at least that they're, they're still somewhat invested in the power that he wields. Right. He's pretty neutered, but he's not totally neutered. I mean, he's still the governor of New York State. That's still an important position. The, I know there's a supermajority in both the Assembly and the Senate, but they have to prove that they're willing to do things and just ramroad things through and override vetoes before you can assume that they're going to do that. Right? And if they, if they can't even agree on whether or not the governor should resign, a supermajority of them, 
what makes you think there's a super majority there to just override any vetoes that he might put out? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, Byron... But Byron is very... I don't like to use the word calculating, but he, he is. He's very aware of what he does publicly, what he says publicly, the image that he presents of himself. It, it, it's been very effective for him um, as mayor, you know, just to always be conscious of that and be mindful of the statements that he makes. You know, very rarely really does he make a, an actual misstep politically. Um, but, I mean, just having those ties to to Andrew Cuomo, like like you said, Jim, if, if the India Walton campaign can tie Byron Brown like to Andrew Cuomo having that relationship be highlighted like man that could be a huge blow to like this could this could make this race blow up and having that working families party endorsement what it starts to look like more and more is this might be a proxy war against Andrew Cuomo working families getting more involved in this race if they think that they can attack a long time Cuomo ally and turn this into a competitive race means like they're feeling, feeling a lot more emboldened about their power and feeling like a lot. They're looking at Andrew Cuomo, obviously being extremely weak, but also his support network too. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Working families made this decision on India before all this broke loose with the governor. So they didn't see, there's no way they could have seen him as weak at the time that the endorsement came out. None of this had happened yet. So the, none of this had broken loose. Um, I think what it, the Working Families Party, one of the reasons why they gave India the endorsement is that realistically, Byron Brown has just shit on them for four years or 12 years or whatever, how long it's been, uh, or 16 years. You know, he just he just treats them like an afterthought and doesn't give them even lip service. So they said, fuck you. I mean, you're right that the endorsement came out before any of these allegations. And I don't want to discredit or dismiss like I, I don't want to try to say like, oh, they're only supporting India Walton because Byron Brown is allied with the mayor. India Walton has on her own merits earned that endorsement. So. She is so certainly most more you know most deserving of that endorsement based on her policy platform and her positions, but being mindful of the realities of the political machinations, I think it's also fair to say that working families has been more outward and more out front as of late in the past I don't know couple weeks in supporting India Walton. So she has that endorsement, but you saw somebody no less than Cynthia Nixon. Um, tweet out her support for India Walton, which oh, I think they, is a big deal. Right. I, I think they, they definitely smell like that there's some uh, there's a mix of blood in the water or fear, right? Whatever you want to call it. And, you know, and, and Cynthia Nixon's got no love lost for the mayor. Um, as many people were counted on Twitter this week, uh, when Cynthia Nixon was running for governor and she was trying to meet with supporters here in Buffalo, the governor's office or the mayor's office was calling businesses ahead of time and saying that you can't have Cynthia Nixon there. You can't you can't have her here. You can't have her there. Um, and they had to reschedule several times and, and run around and try to get people at the last minute to finally find a space where they could have Cynthia Nixon meet with people. Because the mayor's office was so adamant that. Um, you know, 
basically, if you meet with her, you're dead. Jeez. Well, and it wasn't just the mayor. Um, huge, huge shout out to our boy at Buffalo Troll, the god, the man who we probably created at least half our content from, from his tweets. But he tweeted out, remembering how Jeremy Zellner organized a protest of Cynthia Nixon's candidacy. Not a protest of any issue, just of the fact that someone would challenge Cuomo. That was what was protested. To which Cynthia Nixon responded, how dare you question the great and powerful Oz? How, how dare he? Mm-hmm. Our, our, boy, our, our boy doing big things, getting uh, the governor's candidate, Sex and the City stars, to uh, respond at him. So shout out to you, Buffalo Troll. Yeah, I mean, um, no, it's the the India Walton campaign to me gets more interesting every week. Um, seeing the Working Families Party take a larger part, make a larger role for themselves in her campaign, as opposed to just giving her the line and being like, good luck, um, seeing them come out in full force for her is is very interesting seeing the work that they, they get Cynthia Nixon. I mean, I doubt Cynthia Nixon listened to, listened to our podcast when we had India Walton on and said, finally, that's the person for me. She may have. She's welcome to come on the podcast and Cynthia, maybe she'll start you're listening. Yeah. You're always welcome. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting to me to see these things starting to um, manifest in a way where, well, let's let's see how many signatures Indy Walton gets and how she qualifies for the ballot, right? That's that's gonna be the thing because it, this is an unusual year for doing petitions, and she does not have the advantage of the Democratic committee where they just have committee members sitting at home and they call them and they show up to their house and they have them sign for them. So on that front, Jim, I actually have a little inside knowledge um, just because I know that there is a strong core of volunteers who are working on behalf of India Walton and Miles Carter as well to garner signatures. Um, friend of the pod, Harper Bishop, uh, has been hard at work getting signatures for India. Um, uh, I know that um, Jen Page... Uh, I forget her Twitter handle, but she's been responsible for leading a lot of the protest movements in the area. Um, a lot of the protests you'll see in Niagara Square. She's been working hard with um, with India and with her campaign and, and getting the signatures. So they've got boots on the ground. And it's outside of that traditional Democratic establishment, which, like you said, it remains to be seen how effective that is. But it seems like there is an organic arm of activism and local organizing that has really found in the India Walton campaign a way to, you know, flex its muscle. Yeah. I mean, in a normal year, I would say I got no questions about India Walton's petitions because I see on my Facebook and my Instagram and my social media, these people that I know that are, are my friends or friends of the pod or both, out there petitioning for India Walton. And in a normal year, I would say they've got an they've got a real active ground game. Everything's going to be fine. 
But the problem is, is that you still need people to answer the fucking door right now. And there is a pandemic going on. And we don't live in Texas where the pandemic's over. Lucky them. Lucky, lucky Texas. We're, um, lucky Governor Governor Abbott was lucked out real well that that the the second largest state in the country and the pandemic just over like that, just disappeared. Everything's open well, for business. Well, that's the trick. You got to turn off all the electricity in the state yeah. in order to defeat the virus. Yeah, because you just kill all the weak people. That's right. Yeah, and only the strong survive. Well, so if only if only the New York Power Authority got shut down for like three weeks. I'm sure Andrew Cuomo wouldn't be upset about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're not. We're not going to count out India. I mean, I know you know we said that Byron Brown is still the heavy favorite, but I think the game's changing, and I think uh, we're going to keep an eye on this because it's getting more interesting with each pass. Yeah, it's day. what's going to be more interesting to me will be if she can continue to garner some media coverage. And if the Buffalo News and the local news stations make her out to be a real threat to the mayor, then she will be a real threat to the mayor. Um, because unlike our generation or your generation and my generation, there are a lot of people out there who still consume all their news through traditional media outlets. And... If she is not viewed or given the chance to be considered a real player in those traditional media outlets, then she's just going to get overlooked by a large part of the electorate. It's true. Well, speaking of local news, Jim, and speaking of big, uh, big things happening, being reported, uh, there's this crazy story that you guys put me on to mm. about pharaohs. Is yeah, that right? This, this is uh, this is a snake beat. Uh, we got a snake beat. Sna- snake beat. Snake's on the beat for all the local strip clubs. So this is my snake take on the snake beat. Yes. So we've got uh, this guy. What's his name? Joe Garassi, mm-hmm. owner of Pharaoh Strip Club. Real, real kind of shitbag kind of guy, which you'd probably expect for from a strip club owner, right? But not, not, not to put them all in. in, in Don't impugn. <laughs> <laughs> the good characters not, of all the good strip clubs. Not owners. to put them all in a box, but I think, well, the, 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 the strip club owner in Buffalo 66 seemed to be a stand-up guy. It was Scott Norwood, right? Right, Scott Wood. Yeah. Scott, Scott Wood. Wood, right. Um, Except for him. He's the good one. He's, he's the example you want to follow if you're a Buffalo right, strip Right, yeah, yeah. you, you want to be fat <laughs> yeah. with a couple of dancers next to you right? when Vincent Gallo comes in with a, with a handgun. Which you know you're so good you're you're emanating goodness that he changes his mind about wanting to kill you and himself and himself really he saved two lives that day and I don't think Joe Garassi 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 is one of those guys I don't think he's ever saved a life I don't think so well anyway turns out he was uh, bribing a DEA agent to uh, kind of turn his turn his eyes away from whatever drug operation was going on with him and Pharaohs. Um, and Jim, I guess there might be some some interconnected web of mob connections you, you might want to talk about. Yeah, uh, uh, this Jirasi, uh Jir- we're gonna say I'm gonna say Jirasi. Sure, Jirasi, okay. Joe Jirasi, who uh, owns runs uh, Pharaohs, uh, is apparently the nephew of the Buffalo underboss Joseph Tadaro Jr. Um, 
Uh, he's supposedly the underboss of the Buffalo Mafia comp- uh, family um, company. Yeah, they're incorporated. They're now. incorporated. They probably are. DVA. Yeah, yeah, under Jacoby's Inc. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get back to that in a second. Go ahead. Um, uh, but I was uh, I was reading the the Wikipedia article on this Joseph Taro Jr. and his family and how, when he took over and uh, there's a Joseph Taro the third, um, and to me one of the questions I have is you know when we I we, I see Tadaro and I see Buffalo, I think Erie County Legislator Frank Tadaro. Okay, what kind of relationship, if any, is there between Joe Jr. and Frank, and, you know... Other than their last name? Other than their last name. Look, it's... The Italians will always say, we have a big family. They're all... That's my cousin. That's my cousin. It's like the Irish. That's my cousin. It's it's my cousin. That's my cousin. Right? How many Tadaros can there be in Lancaster that aren't related to each other? Well, good question. I can't believe it's that many. It's not like it's fucking Smith or Cook or Jones. So that's the pharaohs in the in the story and the bribing and and, and all that. Oh, oh and yeah. and uh, I I believe I read and maybe this I mean, this is wrong, but I believe the DEA agent that he was bribing was his old school like childhood friend. So they go back a little ways. So they go back a little ways. It wow. just turns out that the DEA agent who's Tasked with investigating pharaohs yeah. is the childhood friend of the owner of pharaohs. If you put that into a fucking movie or a television show, this is like a Buffalo Goodfellas. They would say that's too. F- no, there's no fucking way that the, the DEA is not that stupid to have somebody who's oh. a childhood friend oh, no. investigate his no. his old childhood friend. They absolutely are. Of course they are. They're definitely dumb enough. Mm-hmm. That's like. It, it, it reminded me of like Mystic River when uh, Kevin Bacon is like the cop, right? Yes, and he's investigating Sean Penn. Yeah, and he's like clearly doing like a half-ass job because they're childhood buddies. Right. So he doesn't really want to like he doesn't want to find out what he could find out. And then Tim Robbins dies. Whoa! Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait a second. Uh, yeah. But uh, do you, do you, do you think Kevin Bacon got paid for looking the other way? Probably. Well, that's what happened in this situation. I'm not saying there's murder. I think okay. Let's that just we know let's of. just that we know of that we know of. Let's right. just set the stage right now. It, it's just a bunch of drugs and and pilfering. Anyway, so it looks like um, uh, so 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 that happened. And on uh, uh, another thing that happened on February 28th that came to light was we had um, in a train station in Depew, Judge John Mikowski. All right was found. I guess he laid on the tracks. He was going to end it all. Probably had a last minute change of heart. And then maybe was injured or a little bit, but, but like why? So all of a sudden, and, uh, and it turns out he has connections to, to Mr. Uh, Grace. Okay. Hmm. Uh, turn, turns out he officiated the wedding, him and his ex-wife. And I guess there was a divorce that happened. Um, Grace's ex-wife, uh, had a trial for some type of thing, and Mikulski was the judge. He didn't he didn't recuse himself until it was too late, and there was a whole thing there. And uh, I'm not sure why he tried to off himself on tracks. There's no reason why, but something seems to be up about that weird situation there. I, it, I think he was probably so upset by that Meghan Markle, Harry, 
interview. We all are, but don't don't sit on train tracks. Well, we'll get through this. We can get through it together, Harry and Megan. Well, I mean, now that Judge Mikowski's on Wellbutrin, he knows better, and he, he'll get through it. <laughs> good, good. So I don't know what's going to happen to Mr. Judge there, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a large interconnected web, it seems, of uh, of, of weirdness and, and criminal activity. Speaking of train tracks, guess who wants to buy trains? Wait well, a second. Well, hold on. Before we get there, I would just like any and all mafia mafiosos to know that I support you. I I we're we're you let the the DEA can sort out. They can do whatever they want. We I'm not. We're, I don't want any trouble. We're we're for the mob if they're screwing with the cops. We're against the mob if they're screwing with regular people. I okay. I'm not saying one thing. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. And I want you to know that me yeah. me personally, I nothing. Nothing to say. Yeah, I, I certainly don't want any mob problems. I, what what mob? I, I, I'm not saying nothing. We're repeating the news, baby. We're well, just we're just news not, monkeys. You know? Yeah. You. That's that's all we are. I'm just reading the paper. Mm-hmm. Reading the paper. No no not, heat. Not, nothing going on here. Mm-hmm. But Jim, yes, to your point, we've got somebody who's uh, <laughs> speaking to trains. He's probably got a huge model train set in his basement. Yeah, in the city, of, in the shape of the city of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. It's probably in the basement of the Statler at this point. Who who is it, Jim? Oh, it's our boy yeah. and yours, listener, dear listener, Doug Jemmel. All right, Doug. Is, have we confirmed that it's Jemmel? No, I'm just going with Jemmel. Okay, I'm going to go with Jamal. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so you know you got to hear both sides, but. Yes, Doug Jamal has now said that you know he uh, would be willing or open to or wants to. I don't know. He wants to buy the central terminal. Right, it's got to happen. He said it's got the central terminal's got to happen. Um, great. So, so the central terminal for the past decade or so has been kind of limping along. They got a good nonprofit that kind of. Keeps it from falling down, collapsing, right? They've they've done a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. It's an event space and, and whatnot. So my, you know, there was a, last year there was a whole there, Amtrak station to do, right? There was the mayor and Brian Higgins. You know, let's put it downtown. Let's put it at the central terminal and end up being built new in downtown. What do they plan on? What is what does Mister Jamal plan on doing with the central terminal? All right. Casino. Uh, everything's casino. Everything's a casino. Hear me out. When's the last time you went to go and catch a train and you're like, you know what? There's a slot machine right over here. Okay. Let me, I want to put a bet on the Sabres to lose by five goals. I, I will go to the train tracks and I will do that. I mean, it's, it makes, it's genius. So roll dice by the tracks. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yes. yes. No, no sports book is taking money on Sabres to lose right now. <laughs> guaranteed right uh, that guaranteed. that money line is like negative 400 doug jamal's will doug jamal's doug, uh, jamal's doug jamal's will he he will go and he will you know what if you want to put money on the sabers losing that's how committed he is he's just going to burn his money he's going to set it on fire right he's going to give it to you i mean it's going to be it's going to be minus 450 or something like that so <laughs> it's still going to burn his money set it on fire yep yeah no it's um it's a, it's amazing that this guy has just decided to be like the new millionaire, the new billionaire. I don't, I don't think he's a billionaire, but he's the new rich guy that we all like, mm-hmm. which, you know, we know how that story ends. But for some reason, we fall for it time 
and time again. Right. I mean, it, we, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we became Pagulaville. Now we're Gemeltown. Oh, we even had a. Uh, we, need, we need to come up with a jingle, a Gemeltown jingle. A Gemeltown jingle? Mm-hmm. Gemeltown jingle. Talking proud. In Gemeltown. There we go. <laughs> we got it. It's gold. We, we even, just to let you all know or, or to confirm your biases about uh, the state of news media and, and critical reporting in the city, we even have a uh, Buffalo News reporter. I, I'm not going to put her name out there, but. Uh, Maybe I should. I don't know. To be fair to her, but whatever. I'm just not going to do it. But there, there's this tweet. Can Doug Jamal also take my kids to Taekwondo tonight? <laughs> and if he could restore the Summit Park Mall to its 1989 glory, that would be great too. Thanks. Which do, do we have to like learn this lesson the hard way all over again? Like just our our here our, our our superhero Doug Jamal. Like with his with his bulging biceps showing, sweat on his brow, turning back the clock thirty years, turning back the clock seventy years. seventy years. Him alone, he's our hero. Yep. Because thirty years ago, everything sucked in Buffalo. Yeah, it did. It's probably sucked worse than now, right? Right. Yeah. The early nineties was actually probably worse than now. Yeah. That's why I said like seventy back to the nineteen fifties. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty good then. Right. It was. It was. It was a happening city. Yeah. Um. No Pittsburgh, but it was a happening city. Yeah, like I, I just I ah, it drives me crazy that we are always like, hey, where's the new rich guy who's going to throw a bunch of money, and then Buffalo's going to be make Buffalo great again. Like, like really, honestly, half the people in the city are looking for like a Donald Trump. We could have actually had Donald Trump had you know his uh, his purchase for the Buffalo Bills not been scuttled, and and that might be the thing that sinks his ship by the way. But a lot of people are just looking for that, that, oh, well, we've got some rich asshole who is entirely motivated only for their own fucking wealth and to suck whatever value is left out of the city. Um, But we're convinced that like, oh, hey, they're going to come in and they're just going to, I don't know, they're a rich guy. Maybe they'll bring other rich people and then ta-da, city is revitalized. Not the work of, you know, the countless like activists and people in the city who actually do the work of trying to make this place uh, as good as it could be. But instead, we're just going to fucking have Doug Jamal buy everything. Why not? Fuck it. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, uh, he's getting a good deal for his money. I mean, property values around here have been lower than you know, in other places in the country. So, I mean, it's probably cheaper than Phoenix. That's that's actually the new tagline. We're going to get rid of uh, Talking Proud, and it's now cheaper than Phoenix. Cheaper than Phoenix. Yeah, and, and not for nothing, I mean, as we see more and more the deleterious effects of climate change, and we see places all over the country just getting fucking nailed with terrible like climate events, Buffalo has already been deemed a you know, climate haven, right? Like, I don't know, we're not talking that far into the future where Buffalo, as much as people talk down on us, we could be prime real estate solely because we are not really as affected by major climate events. Like the, we talked about Texas earlier. Um, we don't get hit with hurricanes. We don't get hit with tornadoes. Like, I don't know. I, and, and realistically, the main thing I've noticed in my life anecdotally over the last 15 years with climate change is that the winters around here have gotten milder. The, the snowstorms aren't as severe. And the winter 
the snow doesn't last it doesn't last as long it shows up later and it it lasts about as long as it always did but it shows up later december is mostly a snow-free month now yeah not around here you know guys talk to me when i can eat perch out of lake erie okay right you can eat perch out of lake erie <laughs> you just have to go to cleveland to do so you can't have it around here <laughs> nobody around here will sell it to you oh okay I don't know. I just think it's like it's important to keep that like these things in perspective because look, if the world is it's already radically changing, but think about 10 to 20 years from now how much more it could change and then having like just these rich assholes like the Doug Jamals of the world just gobbling up all that increasingly valuable property mm-hmm. and shaping it in their image and we become like like Doug Jamal's dream world is that world just like an Atlantic City fucking casino gaming place uh, you know wall-to-wall gaming and it's just like that's not where i want to live like i've most likely will be spending my remaining years in buffalo i I grew up here i lived here i went away from school but i came back here i want to live here and and that's not the place that i want to like spend the rest of my life (laughs) i don't want to spend it in like a casino gaming hellhole right no i i i agree i i don't want to spend it in in a casino casino gaming hellhole i i don't want to spend all my time uh shuttling older relatives from casino to casino when they come to visit buffalo and that's what old people do i don't know why not sure what happens like once you hit like 70 but all of a sudden once you hit like 70 you're like you know what i'd like to do for the next 12 hours sit at a slot machine oh my god those casino workers they gotta have some horror stories like people die in their chair yeah yeah just playing the slots they, they, they will, because it's a lucky machine, they will, like, wear a, a, adult diapers yes. in order to be in one place for that long and not lose their spot. It's mm-hmm. insane the way old people, you know, treat, treat this type of gambling and shit. It's just so poop, strange. Poop in your pants, play in the slots. Right. That's, that's I got, what I got the poo baby. on me. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting the poo on you. Oh. Are we talking about the poo master himself? I oh, I, I always feel like I got the poo on me whenever I'm I'm talking about <laughs> our our be- beloved controller, our beloved controller, the Stefan. Oh, S T E F A N Stefan. Oh, man. yeah. It it make it much if he wasn't he, so sexy, it'd he, make it a lot harder to talk about. He definitely him. wears diapers, right? Well, oh, well, yeah. oh no no no. Oh, it, well, hold on. We uh, allegedly. Okay. Right. Non-actionable. It, it, him and Jerry Nadler. Allegedly. 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 Can't prove anything in a court of law. <laughs> right. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, Stefan, this week, sent out uh, a press release, you guys. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> can, can you explain to me, the dumb guy? Oh, uh, well, so in the press release, he said that, uh, you know, well, because of the America Rescue Plan, the what just passed Congress? Yeah, that Erie County is getting a whole bunch of money. So, what do you think he thinks that Erie County should do with that money? Well, geez, they're all kind of arts, the parks, right? Social services, uh, so many things you can do. I would say also, like one of the things you could do is like, as as told by Stefan and other press releases, there's a major gap this year in the budget. In sales tax revenue and and bed tax revenue from the hotels. Sure. So you could fill some of that gap. Oh, absolutely. Or 
Hear me out. You could do what Stefan says. Property tax cut. Mm, okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, so this is this is the analogy I'm going to make that Stefan is advocating for. The America Recovers money that the county is getting is like, say you won $10,000 on a scratch-off ticket. He is saying quit your job because you have enough money to pay for things now. And Mark Poland cars, or as Ree likes to call him, Mark Hitler, uh, is, is saying we probably still need those recurring sources of income. Probably do. We don't want to necessarily quit our job. And Stefan's saying quit our job. Now, what's even better about this is that the Democrats in Congress, for one time, actually had some foresight. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to give this money to these municipalities, to the to the states and to the counties and towns and cities and that stuff. And we know what's going to happen in some of these is that the Republicans are going to say, we'll just, we'll just use this to fund a tax cut. So they put into the law that you can't use this to fund a tax cut. You have to spend it on services. And Stefan was like, well, what about a tax cut? Because he's a, he's a smooth brain idiot. Oh, absolutely. He's just a cretin. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I wonder what he... I, now, this is what he said Erie County should do. I, he did not say what Hamburg should do with the $10 million that Hamburg is getting. Well, you think he'd have an idea about that, don't you? You would think he would have an idea about that. Yeah. And then in his tax... Hide it, it in his Terry folds. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> in his tax cut uh, press release, he repeated his nonsense about um, how the county spent COVID money on food, including pizza and chicken wings. And again, raw pork, he, he mentioned, <laughs> um, which, as I pointed out, means that they were being cost-conscious because they were cooking food as opposed to buying made food right. um you, you mean they're not eating raw pork oh well, maybe they are <laughs> i forgot about the erie county department of wolves <laughs> oh uh, well don't forget about them yeah the old the old the old wolves department the wolves department uh they're all tier one retirees by the way it's, wow. it's amazing oh, wow. you know i never thought a wolf could last that long but once you get them into the retirement system those fuckers can live like 45 years my goodness who'd have thought uh In dog years or yeah. Wow. In both years. Both years? Oh, yeah, no they're, kidding. They're the, uh, wolves are the tortoise of dogs. Didn't you know that? I didn't know that. I yeah. thought they lived less than dogs. No, that's a, that's a real fact. Uh, check. <laughs> uh, everybody check uh, uh, Wikipedia after I get a chance to edit it. <laughs> yeah, give us a few beats. Okay, folks. <laughs> give, give me a couple of days to get in there. And, uh, and, and the first round of edits is going to get taken back. So I, I'm going to have to go back in a couple of times. <laughs> Hashtag wolf facts. Wolf facts. Well, as we're talking about our, again, just absolutely, just undoubtedly insanely attractive comptroller, um, I have to say, he had just a banger of a tweet the other day, Jim. He um, truly, truly blows me away, just the level of galaxy brain this guy has. Um, this was on 310, so you know, a few days ago. Uh, we are near the one year, all caps, one year anniversary of needing 14 days to flatten the curve or life on earth would end how'd that work out <laughs> businesses destroyed 
Schools and churches not fully opened. Government lockdowns crippled the economy. Poland cars, political appointees made millions in OT. Mm-hmm. Like individually, they made millions. Is that what he's saying? Overall, they made right. Yeah. Overall, made, sure. Over sure. Uh, adds up. Right, it, 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 it adds up. And political appointees, like, no, it's not. It's, there's no way management confidential appointees made millions in overtime. Like he keeps pointing back to like that, Gail Bernstein, who is commissioner of the Department of Health. By the way. Maybe a key position during a global pandemic might be has made like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in overtime. Okay, how is it? How does that equal millions then? When there's very few management confidential positions in the in the county, you know what? If Stefan wants to go to medical school and become a commissioner of of of, of health in, in in Erie County, he can do that too, right? Yeah, I mean, I look like first off, throwing the Poland cars, political appointees thing at the end is very hilarious to me but just the idea that like oh we need 14 days uh, to flatten the curve or life on earth would end hey dipshit guess what happened we didn't, we do didn't it. flatten the curve we didn't fucking do it right. we didn't do it so, ah, life on earth did end we we've been fucking staying in our houses we thought it was a joke we shit all over the idea and here we are we, meanwhile we, there are places who did do this and they're doing fucking fine right now right other places in the world who were like, yeah, I guess I'll be inconvenienced for a few weeks, a couple months. They're fine. Right. New Zealand. Now they're getting vaccinated. New Zealand. New Zealand's a great example. Yeah. New Zealand was like, uh, or the, the prime minister of New Zealand was like, all right, listen to me, guys. If we just, if we all just do nothing for like six weeks, it'll be okay. I've done nothing for longer. Right. Sign me up, New Zealand. Right. I spent four years at St. Bonaventure doing nothing. <laughs> I just love the idea. How'd that work out? Like, like it's just like in his head, he's like, ha, got him. Got right. Him. Hey, we needed 14 days to flatten the curve and we didn't do it. So, uh, you know, government lockdowns, business destroyed, schools and churches not fully opened. And it's like, yeah, we could have avoided this dipshit if it wasn't for fucking monsters like you who say like, well, we got to reopen and telling people you as you know, again, the comptroller, which nobody understands what your job is, except that it's about fucking money. But people like you, who are in positions of authority, who's just been telling people for the past year to go out in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, yeah. trigger the libs. He's also failing to understand the fact that ah! there have been businesses open and people aren't going because they're afraid of getting the suffocation death virus. Right. I mean, that's uh, there. There was a, a study I saw that was done by some economists recently. They're like, you know, Governor Abbott opening up Texas may not help those businesses because people who might go if there's a mask mandate in place because they might feel safer because of the mask mandate with no mask mandate are going to say, no, I'm not nope. going out at all. Nope. Because I'm going to die. Right. No self-awareness, no self-regard, nothing. All, all it is is this guy, I mean, look, the whole mindset of this is to trigger the libs and, you know, are you outraged, which hey, I guess mission accomplished, right? But also, this is classic Stefan, just to get that weird little Poland cars jab at the end. All right? Like, again, we've said it before, you know, Poland cars is what he is, but Hitler. Well, no, not, no, not, not my no, position. No, it's that, no. it's that weird guy who wrote that article or, or wrote that letter or whatever. But, like, 
the dude's obsession with Mark Polakar is like basically tries to like throw if he could tie the whole fucking pandemic to Mark Polakar's he would. Well, it he did include also in that press release about how there should be a tax cut. The last paragraph was about how the Poland Cards administration gave a hundred thousand dollar a year job to bribe somebody to run against me for town of Hamburg supervisor. You know what's amazing? Honestly, you know what's amazing about this is like if I were just in in somebody like Stefan's position, or if I was a Republican politician of some notoriety, you know who would I do? I would just tie everything to Cuomo. Like people like Mark Poland Cars. Yeah, you know, pe- people like him around here. They think he's handled the pandemic, at least in Erie County. They think he handles the winter storms well. They yeah. think he's handled everything pretty well. Pulling cars, his numbers, he's like, he's got like a 60 to 67% like positivity rating, I think, in Erie County. Last time I saw a poll, he was like 60 to 65% or something like that. Where That's what people thought were positive on him, which is pretty goddamn good when you only need 51% to win an election. If you have like 65% think, nah, I think this guy does a pretty good job. Cuomo, everybody thinks, everybody hates. Why you're not beating up on Cuomo, I don't get, because that's low-hanging fruit. Beating up on the guy who people think are doing a pretty good job just makes you look like the asshole. Which, again, I like to use my parents as a bellwether, and their view on Stefan is, he's an asshole. Well, he is. I know people who live in the town of Hamburg now who have never been involved in politics in their entire life. They've they've never they've never signed a petition. They've never had a sign on their lawn. They vote, but that's it. And because he wants to run for a supervisor in the town in their town, they want a Randy Hoke sign on their lawn. They're signing petitions. He's energized people, but not the way he wants. <laughs> way to go, Stefan. Oh, well, I think that is all the news that is. Fit. Whoa, 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 skip? whoa, 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 you forgot the bongs. The, the, you forgot the bongs. The bongs. Of course. The <laughs> bongs. Jim, tell me about uh, your beloved St. Bonaventure bongs. Today, on Sunday the 14th of March, they won the A-10 title, uh, championship game. So that means that they are both regular season and postseason champions. That gives them the automatic qualifier for the big dance. Hey. Uh, later tonight, we'll find out what seed they get. Um, in most projections, they've been projected like a 9 to 10 seed. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good for a, a team that's, uh, as I like to point out, all five of their starters are juniors, mm. and they went 16-4 and four on the year so far. Uh, but I know Ree thinks that Bonaventure is not a local news story. Correct. <laughs> Tom Reed is. <laughs> Cor- correct. <laughs> but I, I would say Bonaventure is a local news story. Well, go, go Bonas. Go bongs, as I wrote on our, our big board here, and my A's look really weird. Um, we're rooting for you. And and somebody else, uh, we're rooting for Jim. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, Rusty, we mentioned last week uh, that Dr. Russell Weaver and his wife, Michelle, welcomed a new baby boy. Um, this, their son, their new baby, um, was in NICU for a while, Has been uh, was in the hospital again after that. Um, has some medical issues. The three of us here aren't the, the praying type, but if you're a listener and you are the praying type, um, send a couple prayers for uh, Rusty's son, Rusty and Michelle's son. And, you know, and, and Michelle's they had to be checked on a couple of times too for just because they've been worried about her as well. 
Uh, natal care in this country isn't as good as it should be. Um, neonatal care, but um, you know, yeah, it throw out some uh, potential prayers for uh, Michelle and Thomas. Absolutely. Um, and listener, thank you once again for another week of listening to the Square, Buffalo's premier news and non cast or non cast nonsense. I can't even speak right. Buffalo's Whoa. premier news and nonsense podcast. I thought you were going to say non Catholic, and I was like, well, that also fits. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Right. I mean, despite the fact that we I'm all lapse. love our Lenten fish fries. I'm lapse. We asked Buffalo's news, nonsense, and sometimes non-Catholic, but we're getting the fish fries podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Apple, I, the iTunes, uh, fucking wherever you oh, get the oh, podcast. We're all over. Stitcher. There, there's nowhere you can't find us. Spotify. Now. Wherever we're, you like your podcast. MySpace. We're, GeoCities. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just search for SquarePod for Christ's sake. Yes, yes. Although Spotify was kind of hard. I actually had to search like individual episodes on Spotify. They don't make it easy to Spotify find us. Spotify sucks anyway. Yeah, not great. But you can find us on all those platforms. Um on Twitter, we are at the Square Pod Buff. Uh, we're the Square Pad Podcast on Facebook. Uh, like us, you know, review us, do all the stuff, support, show your love. Mm-hmm. I know we've got a, a legion of of raddies who are who are there for us. The Rad Pack, yes, you are our people. We're gonna have shirts soon. We're working. Where are the shirts, Ryan? We're working. We're, 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 we're working on the shirts. I'm working on it. We're working on it. We're working on stuff by we're, summer. We're gonna yes, we're gonna move and shake on the Patreon stuff. So if you want to get on the ground floor, do it now. But we will have some announcements on that, hopefully in the near future. Um, guys, drop your social media if you want. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James Tamil or on Instagram at Battle Gym of the Republic. I'm I'm at Stefan's Terry Folds. Yep, and I I can be found in your hearts. That's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Beloved. And soul. And soul. All right. This is Ree for Jim and Ryan. Square out. <laughs>